Hello, Amy Dolores Linden. No, my middle name is Elizabeth. Uh, come exactly. on, Elizabeth. Amy yeah. Elizabeth. I know, right? <laughs> Amy Elizabeth, Elizabeth, come in here right now. Right now. Really? <laughs> oh, it's us, y'all. Pantheon Podcast presents. I'm going to let you finish. You know. Yep, hey. yep, yep, yep. Pantheon um, Podcast fam, it's us. We're here. It's right after the holiday weekend. You know, that dumb, uh, just quickly, I was going to say that dumb bitch Republican woman uh, congressperson, but there's so many, I actually have to remember her name. <laughs> the Marjorie but the one, Taylor Greene. No, 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 the other dumb bitch. The uh, one here Lauren, in New York? What's no, 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 Lauren Bobot or some oh, crap so, like that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally tweeted, it's not a coincidence that the 4th of July this year was on a Sunday. And it's like, uh, yeah, it actually, it is a coincidence. It's called the calendar, you stupid It's bitch. like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but like, then, yeah. I'm so over them in this weird we own religion, but it's not even really religion. You're using, you're all going to burn in hell and perish for what y'all are doing in the name of religion. FYI. So keep having fun because your yeah. afterlife is going to be quite hot. Plus, she's our <laughs> first, you know that she only got her GED like five years ago. So, you know. No. It's yeah. like this anyway. whole use of religion as a weapon is very. But anyway, not it's not a coincidence. Right. But how was yeah, your? Fo- it's not, it's not it's, a coincidence. Well, yes, it is. It's yes, called kind, the calendar. Kind of sort of. My yeah. fourth was very much. I cleaned the apartment. Very good. And then I did <laughs> nothing else. <Okay. laughs> oh no. <laughs> Actually, no, I can't remember because that was the whole weekend because it got rained out essentially until the fourth. Right. I went around the corner to a friend's house who's been part of my whole COVID bubble. And, you know, we watched all of the local Harlem fireworks all around us from his Albert, dad. Albert? No, my friend Jules. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of pretty much, you know, when you're unemployed every day is the fourth, but mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, kept it local. There was a, a Another big house music party on South Portland. This one mm-hmm. was way more house, capital H, like fat black women wailing over a track type nice. of thing. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah. So I kind of walked through, walked by, saw mm-hmm. it, hung out a little bit. And then uh, for the actual fourth, I watched Was it packed? Was it all the cool kids as usual? No, it was not. Well, there were some cool kids, but, it, it, you know, well, <sighs> Courtney, I mean, I'm a cool kid, so I didn't Got see it. myself in the crowd. <laughs> no, I wasn't, like, in the mood to dance because mm-hmm. I was just sort of, like, over it. But mm-hmm. I, um, it was... You know, I watched the fireworks, which are, and this year, the impromptu fireworks, the unofficial fireworks were professional level. I, I mean, this thing, no, the fireworks that were going off in front of us in Harlem were no, full on situations. Yeah. No, I was and like, wow. I, We were clapping like, <laughs> no. this is amazing. No, we were like looking at the Macy fireworks like, going, wow, that's great. Oh, yeah, shit, it's what's true. going on? We, one, had, the Macy, we had the Macy's on the TV, but we weren't even looking at that because yeah. everything that was happening around us yeah, yeah. was spectacular. No, it was. Uh, just a question, though. They were shooting off the Empire yeah, State yeah. Building. They yeah, they were. Yeah. Okay, they I just want to make sure point. we weren't being attacked. That was no, yeah. part of that, it. Yeah, that shit happened. It did. Yeah, like, right, cool. Well, speaking of being attacked, 
Eric Adams seems like he's going to be the Democratic candidate for mayor, which means basically he's going to be the next mayor of New York. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, because when you're running, I mean, I could run against Curtis. <laughs> I feel like I could run against Curtis. Curtis Lee. I could come into the camp to this race right now as an independent. Say I'm running like, against Curtis Lee. And that's my, my whole campaign was like, hey, I'm not him. And right. hey, I I'm not Curtis Lee. Vote for me. Oh, OK, cool. Um, I don't know. I've already said what I feel about mm -hmm. Eric Adams. I, not for nothing, and I am not a... Cons I, I mean, if I were Catherine Garcia right now, and mm -hmm. I had just won a, a highly fucked up, calculated race by mm -hmm. less than 1%, mm -hmm. I might be speaking to the higher authorities about this, but mm -hmm. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I just find Eric Adams to be... Um, he's not... I don't find him to be a team player. I think the fact that he immediately dismissed the idea of bringing on some of his uh, opponents onto his administration was a nasty move because whatever you may think of Catherine mm -hmm. Garcia, she is imminently qualified to do some of the stuff that he has no idea how to do. Mm -hmm. um, you told me that one of his things he's going to be working towards is bringing nightlife back to he New York He wants to bring, and the, well, because so many of the arts and people, the creative people have left New York. Everybody left under de Blasio. Right. They so all left. What's he going to do? Is He's he going to try to do, well, I guess, maybe through grants and, and programs and trying yeah. to make things, spaces more affordable for the arts. Like, listen, you just sent that article about that local Brooklyn record shop in Brooklyn that's getting right. priced out for another wine slash pizza shop. You know right. what I mean? It's like four years, you survive a pandemic, but you can't survive. You cannot survive having rent for your retail space in right. fucking Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Right. That's well, crazy. Right, yeah. Well, that street, I know that block is getting very, that's where Saragina is. It's very, you know, that over there is getting, like, pricey. But, right. look, he's going to be the mayor. Uh, I am a Democrat. I am not a fan of Eric Adams. To be very honest, and this is going to sound really fucked up, but I hope mm. people realize I'm not saying it to be fucked up. Some of the things I disagree with him about are not issues that are going to have a direct impact on my life. Right. I don't agree with stop and frisk, but the reality is I'm a middle-aged white woman. Nobody's stopping and frisking me on any level for right. anything. Right. Because <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes old women. Um, you know, I, I, he's in bed with big business. I mean, so has every mayor in this city, basically. Even when they say they're not, listen, we watched de Blasio. I remember we really thought, he tried we to thought, act like yeah. he was going to come in here and really be about the people. And yeah. everything has gotten so expensive under him. And he screams, you know, I got free pre-K. It's like, great. But everybody left. Yeah. <laughs> so you, for the wealthy people who are here with their second homes, they have free pre-K, but their kids are already going to some private school. So well, what, what, what I have to say about Adams, and I mean, on one level, as a New Yorker, I sort of agree with the sort of aggression of the statement. But mm -hmm. if he is going to be the mayor and he is going to try to encourage the arts, he can't make snarky comments about telling people who aren't from New York, get the fuck out. We don't need you. You're not a real New Yorker. Because some of the greatest art in New York City has been created by the outsiders coming in. So he's right. going to have to. That's right. a nice little. Right. Except. I feel like we're not getting those old school New Yorkers anymore. We're getting, there's some weird people coming here and they, they, I really don't, I just need the income inequality portion right. and to, to really start to level up in this city. There are people who are just stuck in cycles of object 
abject poverty and they cannot get out and they the opportunities are bad the schools are bad you know you should not be able to watch your whole neighborhood change and you get where where are you pushing people to there's no cheap place in new york where are you pushing them to you know what i mean you're pushing yeah. them to have to leave new york because it's just become just not sustainable well, we'll to even see. live in your fucking bed well, we'll see what he can do because yeah, we'll not see. for nothing. He's one of the, re I mean, he didn't, he's not exactly been a people's person when right. it comes to real, I mean, you know, he's a real estate developer guy. So yeah, so we will we'll, see, we'll be right? see, And we'll be waiting for those Curtis Mayfield <laughs> tribute concerts. I mean, Eric. Like, I mean. All right. Well, it's funny that we're talking about uh, mayors because <laughs> in, no, this is, I have an actual segue here. Okay. Okay. This is a okay, good segue. So I, like every other sentient human being this weekend, either went to go see in the theater or watched on Hulu um, Summer of Soul, mm -hmm. uh, which I'll talk about in a second. I'm hoping you saw it as well. But one of the best sort of moments in it is a very brief little appearance by then Mayor John Lindsay, mm -hmm. um, who was welcome, who first off, how cute was he? I forgot <laughs> what a handsome devil he was, very Robert Redford-ish. And... This the welcome he got on stage. I can't even imagine any mayor in this city because right. John Lindsay was not just a white guy. He was a capital W waspy white guy. Right, I mean, right. Like, like the kind of white that you and I don't know. Well, actually, mm -hmm. and he got up on stage. That concert was sponsored by the city of New York mm -hmm. and Maxwell House Coffee. And you have to watch the movie to explain that weird. Mm -hmm. But it was just sort of cool to see like the mayor greeted with by a completely black crowd greeted like one of us one of us we accept you one of us right it was, right that was a lovely moment so that's and it's, not and it's a it's a really it's it's a really good snapshot in time yeah. and what's amazing is when they tried to sell this footage all of those years ago nobody wanted it and the fact that you have all of yet all of this footage no one wanted it no one just no one wanted it until quest love really kind of got in there the fact that it sat around and it's first it's such an amazing snapshot of a moment that most yeah. people don't even know happened right and then you get to see a lot of those artists in their prime at their you know peak. what i mean at it's like doing their thing and the, and the type it, it reminded me of sort of of um the new orleans uh uh, rhythm, the jazz and heritage jazz festival, fest, and that yeah. there was definite thing. Well, I mean, I will say one thing about the no one knew about it. Um, yes, Amir was very, very obviously because he has the clout, he has the money, he right. has the reputation. But there had been people over the years trying, trying to, to try. resurrect this. But that's like, what I mean. But no one wanted. It. If somebody wanted it, if a network or a film company wanted right. it, it. It, it shouldn't have been this hard. It's never yeah. that hard. It wasn't that hard for Woodstock or well, any of like the, you know what I mean? It shouldn't have yeah, been that Yeah, the Woodstock, hard. you know, the, and so this show, it was over three weekends or something like that mm -hmm. in Mount Morris Park, which is now Marcus Garvey Park, which is a free show. Um, you know, Nina Simone, Sly Family Stone, um, the Mavis Staples, Mahalia Jackson thing alone. I watched that again, just that segment on Sunday, because it is jaw-droppingly in incredible. Edwin Hawkins singer, B.B. King, Sonny Chirac, The Fifth Dimension. That segment is, because it made me remember how great they were, no, how much a part of thing, but, but it. It made thing, me this weekend pull out my, I have a couple of Fifth Dimension albums on vinyl. Well, and I was playing their albums on vinyl this weekend after watching it, because it really put me in a Fifth Dimension sort of, 
Yeah. But what I was going to say about the Woodstock thing, and I'm not mm -hmm. in any way excusing me, but the thing with Woodstock, I mean, so this happened a few months before. Woodstock was August uh, 1969. This was, I'm going to say, June, July 1969, mm -hmm. July. Woodstock became a thing, A, because there was more sort of muscle behind it, but also the, 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 um, the woods, what it represented in terms of it became like a news item because of the amount of people up there. Right. So that was sort of why the attentions, you could say in good manner, along with the fact that black history is always erased, but why the attention shifted. Because suddenly mm -hmm. you had 400,000 people or half a million people. But no, this is just a great film, it, regardless of what the Woodstock yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing film. Everybody should, everybody Miles, should watch did it. Did you see, I didn't know it was his mm. dad, but Miles Marshall Lewis's mm. dad is one of the talking heads. How crazy is that because i saw the credits and i'm like what's right. miles how did miles get i mean you know how did miles get a credit he wasn't mm. there and i called michael gonzalez i'm like oh, why's miles got a credit he goes that's his dad greg lewis talking about slutty stone that's his dad and i went oh my god that's hilarious that so his dad is there and no it's just great performances and it's not like some rinky dink production it's a multiple no they, camera they, shoot. they had yeah. a real director it, it's a no, real it's shoot which makes it even better well i think you know? that i think that this and is now it's right. all, and now it's preserved forever. People will right. always be able to right see it. Right movie this. for the right yeah. time. It couldn't yeah. have come at a better time as we're working our way back into live music again and yeah. we're dealing with all the racial stuff, which is a never-ending racial stuff. Um, this is perfect, and it's performance at the peak. Just real briefly, on a completely non- revelatory in a different way i finally got to see the sparks brothers which is you've been talking about it for so long I know. how and was it it's great it's great it's a great document another really something. underrated band we should do a show about talk about their music yeah we're going to talk we're going to definitely do an underrated because they're they're under it's like one of those groups where you i was watching it so it's done by edgar wright who did baby driver and Shaun of the dead so it's done mm -hmm. by a real filmmaker who's like an avid fan um you know Sparks, even if you've never heard Sparks. I mean, he, uh, Ron Mayle, who's the guy with the little Charlie Chaplin Hitler mustache, was mm -hmm. was uh, in the I'm um, Coming Up video by Paul McCartney. He's Paul McCartney pretends to be him. Mm -hmm. When you're watching this film, first off, it's just a, a movie about never giving up. These guys have been around for 50 years. Mm -hmm. And they've been making music for 50 years without really maybe one big breakthrough hit. Yeah, but not without ever really having that breakthrough moment. But cool. being happy, but having yeah. a real relevant real. career, you know what right. I mean? With real fans who are With obsessive about them. And what's crazy about this is you're watching it and you're going, huh, okay. And and they talk about it in the movie. They're ahead of it. They basically invented electro pop for all intents and purposes. Right. Um, High falsetto, super flamboyant singer, huh? They opened Queen opened up for them in England. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Giorgio Morata, huh? They worked with him before Blondie got a hold of them. Okay, right. so it's like one of these things where you're like, wow, wow, wow. But the the funniest thing is they have um, what's the guy from Depeche Mode? Vince, not Depeche Mode, Erasure. Vince, Vince Clark. Yeah, Vince yeah. Clark. I was gonna say, why is this gonna say Vince Neil? Like, who's yeah, me Vince too. Neil? Yeah, me. Uh, Motley some... Crue. Okay. Complete opposite. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they talk about the idea that every time you look at a group where there's mm -hmm. the the lead singer, the good-looking mm -hmm. lead singer mm -hmm. running around, and, and then the, the guy, other guy, and right. the other guy, <laughs> that's right. Sparks. 
And someone, and this broke my heart, and I thought about you, Courtney. Someone mm. interviewed Neil Tennant, our person, <laughs> and said, and they didn't show it on camera though, and said to him, "How come you guys never acknowledge Sparks?" Mm -hmm. And Neil Tennant went, "Oh, you naughty boy," and walked off. And I was like, "Wham, wham." Right. Mm. But it's a great documentary. Mm -hmm. It'll probably be on streaming soon. If you like Sparks, you'll love it. Even if you don't know him, it's just a fun. But, and there's no drama, there's well, no drug use, there's no who's fucking who. It's just two guys. I want to see the Rick James documentary, too, the one oh, that just premiered. Sure. That's coming to Sun, uh, I believe, Showtime in September, Yeah, maybe? that's the one that Sasha James And I heard that's really good. I heard that's really And that's, that, like, there's Baby. And I've been playing a lot of his music lately and the Mary Jane Girls album that he produced. Yeah. Like, Man, Rick James was doing that shit. I hope they go deep into the Rick James Prince. Right, right. Fight. Mishigash. Yeah, Mishigash. Yeah, yeah. Look at you, Mishigash. <laughs> you both chewing up. Thank you. Uh, Thank no you. No problem. No problem. All right. On a way more serious note. So Nicole Hannah-Jones is um, a revered journalist and she won the Pulitzer Prize for the 1619 Project, a.k.a every white supremacist Republican's uh, nightmare uh, because it was in the New York Times as part of the New York Times Magazine section. And she, uh, it was introducing um, a look at our history and saying that, you know, slavery did not begin in the 1800s, that 1619 was the date when the slaves were first brought here. Anyway, so she's, she won the Pulitzer, okay? So that's like as good as it gets. And she's a professor, and she was offered a, a job at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. She wanted a tenure track. She was denied tenure. Well, the job that, that she was offered comes with tenure. Comes with tenure. She, it was a she, tenure track job. And she was the first black woman to be offered that position, and she was the first person Right. To ever be denied tenure with that position. Well, because there was an outside, because mm. UNC Chapel Hill tends to be fairly liberal. Uh, Chapel Hill is a pretty liberal town. But there was an outside donor who was a Trumpy who shut it down, critical race theory, blah, 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 blah. And then UNC reversed themselves and offered it. And then she just chef's kiss and went, fuck you. I'm going to Howard. And not only am I going to Howard, they endowed a chair for her. And, oh, guess what? I'm going to bring Ta-Nehisi Coates with me. So now you have this world-famous supreme team of black intellectual oh, journalists. and she's writers. bringing 15 million plus in right. donor dollars to do things in the program. Yes, to, with the program. It, and, and she was offered jobs from, Everywhere. she said, everywhere. Right. They're lost because once she went to UNC, the way they treated her, she was like, I was embarrassed right. and I was humiliated. Right. It's like, don't beg the don't beg the guy to go out with you when there's somebody else going, not only we're going to create a position for you, we're going to have buku endowments. So you're going to get money from the ant every major. This is a coup for any school, yes. especially for Howard. And, yeah. this, and then to say, and this is oh, coming right off of McKinsey's big donation to Howard. Like they're right. having a banner sort of last this is, years. This is, and this is not only, like I said, so you have two MacArthur grant people, a Pulitzer Prize, two Pulitzer Prize winning 
uh, people. I think Tana Hasey has also won the Pulitzer. Yeah, yes, he has. And do you know what this is going to do for oh my enrollment and kids applying, amazing. wanting to go to Howard? It's, it's going amazing. to be no, it's great. really, really I mean, great for them. And it's going to also shine a light on a very maligned um, field, which is journalism. I mean, everybody right. believes journalism because, you know, whatever you want to say about you may not like these two people, but they are fantastic writers. I am thrilled for academia. I'm thrilled for journalism. I'm thrilled for women. I'm thrilled for black women. Everything. This is win, 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 win. And, it, and it's really interesting that we're saying this because ESPN has a woman problem. ESPN has a black woman problem, and they have a woman's problem right now with two of their premier journalists on that network. Rachel Nichols, who, you know, if you're an ESPN fan, yeah. if you're a basketball fan, everyone knows who Rachel is. She's been yeah. a journalist and reporter in the field for 20 plus years. Right. She's been the host of The Jump right. for the last 10. Maria Taylor, who's a, a, a former WNBA player, is a rising star at the network. And she used to do college football. Now she, she's doing more, she's, started doing in college basketball as well that she started doing the NBA. Then she got promoted to the co-host of NBA countdown, which is the premier show that comes on before, before the games, NBA right. games. And then they do the halftime reports and then the wrap up after the game. So they're on network on like, you will see Maria Taylor on ABC before when they do the crossover when they do and before, and because now we're in the finals and right. the finals are on ABC, you will see her. So, you know, Rachel was caught having what she thought was a private conversation and an employee at ESPN. With an agent, though, and that's what's with, weird. Like, well, what's his involvement? That worries me, well, too. They, well, it was Le LeBron's old publicist. No, that's, that's what happened was they would have, they've known each other for 20 million years. Having okay. a, a, that, you know, without digging really into the conversation, it, it kind of seemed like she, her energy was like, you can promote her, and I know you guys... You have a horrible track record with women. You have a horrible track record with black women, but you don't need to try to bring her in and come in on my things. It almost felt like, you know, defending and peeing on your territory. It's a big mess. It is. And what, what, what it brought up to me, though, was a thing that people, I just, I see why everybody is angry, but I'm like, yo, entertainment is a really ugly game. Yeah. And... Everybody, even the people y'all like and love, are having crazy conversations. I know, from, I've worked at two management companies, a television network, and a record label. The, the left, I was black in the pop department, and then both my management companies were black. Some of the conversations I've had to have, it would blow people's minds. Yeah, so when I've heard, I hear, I've heard you know, stuff that I sh probably should when, not have heard. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, when they heard this, I'm like, listen, when I heard what she was saying, I didn't, you know, it I is a doggy dog. Everybody is fighting to protect their spot. And right. I think that some people don't realize when you're in certain positions, if you see somebody coming for your spot, you're going to fight for it too, because that's what people do. And also the other, and I'm, I, you know, it's funny. And it's ugly, I was it ain't also, pretty. I, 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 it's funny because I was wondering, I wonder how Courtney feels about this, and I'm glad we're having, 
I, you know, I can see all sides of yeah, this. So I can think, I. I can see I every think, side I to it. I think the woman, first off, they always have to replace a woman with a woman. They never mm -hmm. replace a man with a woman. So right off the bat, women are like, we can only have one. I am not going to say it troubles me what she said, but I can yes. understand it. Also because she's 47, this other woman is young, and let's mm -hmm. not discount that. 47, All of it. 47 in TV years is 110. And ESPN's track record, we're talking about this is coming off of Jameel Hill leaving, Carrie Champion leaving. So she was saying all of that and being like, listen, I think, and this may be an unpopular situation to say, but I'm going to say I have watched during this whole last couple of years, I think a lot of companies making knee-jerk reactions, like we need somebody black and just shoving the wrong people in positions and doing crazy shit because we need something black. We'll make a black version. It's like, that's right. not what this fight's about. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you, and I, I, it's just, I, I, you know I, what I mean? I share here, I share because that. Because I, I see every side of it. As a black person, I 100% see Maria's side being like, yo, this is fucked up. And my colleague feels this way about me. The flip side, I can see where Rachel's like, I'm defending my turf. I see that she fits a lot of boxes. They fucked up. All these black women have left. I can see where this could come. I, I'm peeing on my territory. Yeah. But that is the hard part about entertainment. Y'all don't even know I'm telling and you know Maybe. what? I, I I know. Listen, I have, listen. <laughs> I have heard people, I have heard editors say things to me about assigning writers mm -hmm. where I'm like, I can't even believe you think you it's okay to say that in mm -hmm. front of me. But crazy I, shit. Crazy, crazy shit. shit. And and the thing is, so is it's that, not shocking. You no, know, it's to not me. shocking. I I don't know what's it. I do not. I think this is as much a question of women having to fight for a very small piece of the pie uh -huh. because now they they have put another black woman in you know they're both women are out of the equation now right um uh rachel is not going to be doing it maria taylor is not going to be doing it there's another woman they put in but i can just see these i would like to see one circumstance where they pull a man out of position and put a woman right. in why is it always that there has to be the one and right. that i think is is and Maria Part Taylor's a star. I hate that she's dragged into something. I hate that all of I hate, it. The, I hate yeah. the whole thing. And, and I like, and I like Rachel Nichols. I've, Me you know, too. I've, I've, I've fucked with Rachel for years. It's a fucked up situation. And, and I, I see literally every side of it. And I'm just, the reason why I think I can come at it like this is conversations I've had to have. I've yeah. worked, I've worked black artists at pop radio. And oh, the yeah. conversations I've had, I've had to have honestly within the management company, with a record label, with people at radio, international conversations when they weren't trying to take my artists with different shit. Y'all just don't, like, to me, what she was saying is like, it, kind of like icing on the cake compared to some of the real shit no. that's really fucking said. No, and, and when people are fighting for their shit, like, you know, these, these entertainment jobs, it's really fuck. It is a y'all. It's a nasty. Na it is not for the faint of heart. 
and I don't, I will say this, and then I want to, I do want to uh, talk about black women, yeah. we'll talk about, but I, I, and again, social media, like, yeah. fuck everybody, but yeah. I, I think going after Rachel, I did not know that she was related to Mike Nichols by she, marriage. She mar- she's married to his son, yeah. But I, I think that that's, come on, oh, well, shocking, nepotism, really? Wow, gee. We'll discuss but, that at the end but, of the show. But, but she's what, qualified. She's well, super qualified. one other thing, too, and this is real fucking talk. I'm kind of looking at the employee that heard that and passed it around the company because it's kind of like, yeah, yeah you, you ran across something that you thought somebody was having. They thought they were having a private conversation. And I don't actually think that you get some medal for if yeah. you know you see somebody's private conversation and you know what this field is like, to pass it, that that's a choice. Because let me just tell you something. I've been privy to so much shit that if I fucking started talking, there'd be headlines around, you know, headlines around the fucking world. But yeah, it's yeah. like, but it's like, why would you do that? You should have taken her, yeah. And I also would like some of the focus to be on they, they, the man, could have been a the different, man yeah. on this, they, the man they, on this conversation. There could have been, been a different kind of private yeah. conversation about that but, without it being passed around. But that's around. Yeah. our social media headline yeah. click yeah. thing. So that's 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 the problem with that. But yeah, I'm glad it, it's not a no pun intended black or white issue. There's a lot of variables in this, and it's and it's variable. And I hate to see that it's the women as ESPN. This is who this it's the women. No, it always is. Well, Gene, you know, who, runs the, who runs the company, you know? You know. I mean, all right, let's talk about Shikari Richardson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, did you know that when I was a young Amy Linden, I aspired to be a track star? I, no. I, I, I did. I watched a documentary about Wilma Rudolph when I was a little kid, and I was like, I want to be a track star, and I was on the boys' track team. Needless to say, I was not as fast as Wilma Rudolph, but I do love track and field. And when um, I was a young Courtney Anderson, I worked on the track. But that's another sad story for my pimp, pimps up, hose down I, tales. I don't even want to. No. Know. <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. Yeah, I know, but I don't. No, I still don't want to even. No, but I, no I, I ran pre-Title Nine. There was mm-hmm. no girls track team. I had to run on the boys track team. And they kept telling me I couldn't run unless I was wearing a bra. And I'm like, but I don't have any breasts. <laughs> I'm 12. Right. I, I'm a stick with hair. <laughs> um, I'm a little stick with hair who wants to smoke. So, what do you feel about the whole situation? Okay, How do so we know show- that she's not going to be on the rate relay team? It's- All right, here is what I have to say about this. First off, the fact that pot is still considered a, a, a performance, I don't know, every pothead I ever known can't get off the fucking couch. So, I don't know how that's um, performance enhancing. They say it's because it relaxes you before the race. Um, it is decriminal in the state she smoked it in, which is mm-hmm. Oregon. It's decriminalized. You can buy it at a dispensary anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I'm very sorry about her mom, why the reporter mm-hmm. knew about it and felt that it was his or her place to break the news about her mm-hmm. biological mother. That's fucked up. That, and she owned up to it. Bravo for that. Yes. That said, like, dude, you know, you're going to get drug tested. The rules are the rules. The rules are the rules. You and I do believe in rules. I, you, you don't, you, I think it's. And if we need to change rules. them, then let's work yes. on, let's yes. work on changing. I think it's a but the rules are the rules. rules. The rules it, are the rules. It, it's yeah. dumb, but I do, I think for a lot of young people, it's a lot of, well, the rules don't matter. I'm like, actually, rules do matter. Yeah. And to whom much is given, much is expected. And yeah. if you are an elite athlete, unfortunately, 
you have a strict set of rules you just have to abide by. Right. And I think that it was an important lesson for this young lady. And I understand needing something to cope. And I, we all sympathize with her and have empathy yeah. for her story. Absolutely. But the rules are the rules. And I do like this. As a young person, she didn't make excuses for herself. Yeah, she, she, oh, she said, up. I did it. And, I, 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 and listen, the, the next Summer Olympics are in three years. She's 21. You know what I mean? Be, because be of the delay, she'll be there. She'll be, yeah. and we'll see her at the world championships next year. She'll be, uh, you know, let her, she's going to race at the Prefontaine this summer. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, I feel we bad. all learned hard lessons, especially yeah. in your youth, there's certain shit and you, you take the consequence. And that's right. what I like. Sometimes you just have to understand. She got, she just, got busted. Yeah. And you just have to take your consequence and, and then you can move on. And I also think, though, I mean, her not getting chosen because she could, her suspension would have been up and she could yeah. have been chosen for the fall. I, I'm sorry. Uh, other people had been selective. So what are you supposed to say to them? Oh, we're going to boot you off because the superstar? I, it's a fucked up thing to say, but that's not fair to those other women. Now, no. do, do the Olympics have a problem with women? Uh, yeah. Do they have a problem with black women? Yeah. I don't like that there's a parallel being drawn between Shikari's mm -hmm. situation and Michael Phelps a few years ago, because Michael Phelps never tested positive for weed. He was at a party where there was a bomb. I'm not he also was, but he was also suspended, suspended. for three months. He did get, yeah. he got, just, she was suspended for one month. So right. People need to stop comparing everything. I'm yes. over that. Yes. Every situation needs to be judged on its own. I am so tired of everyone yes. doing that. Well, this one, did, listen, that does not change this situation here. It does nobody any good to stop pulling up this and that. She owned up to it. The next Olympics is in three years. We will see her. We will see her at the World Championships next yeah. year. She will get her gold medals. She there will. is time. And so, again, I mean, I would have loved to have seen her compete, mm -hmm. but it's a fucked up rule, but it is the rule. And that's mm -hmm. it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, all right, well, speaking of rules, clearly they don't apply to Bill Cosby. Because <sighs> I'm going to let you take this one because I really Oh, I just, I mean, okay. Here's the thing that people have to understand, and people do understand. He is not innocent of those charges. There was a really fucked up prosecutor who, who, by the way, I didn't know this, was the same guy defending Trump in the impeachment trial who was such a maroon mm. that they were like, had to change everything, go, okay, you can't be on camera anymore because you're an idiot. They made a, a way too technical deal that Jack McCoy never would have agreed to, Courtney. And it was a stupid deal that he made with Cosby. And because of that technicality and because Cosby, who miraculously is no longer blind and can't Listen, walk. Miraculously, miraculously, he's able to see and do interviews. Yes. All of a sudden, All the old sudden. man act is yeah. like, oh, oh, sir, here's yeah. the thing. Even if, okay, 70 yeah. women aren't lying. Six, yeah, 70. 70 yeah. women aren't lying. Yeah. I don't care what you guys say. 70 of anything are not lying. Oh. And who wants to lie about that? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I actually think it's 60, but there's probably 10 more since we, you know, Me, we counted. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm it's not, ridiculous. I, it's ridiculous. I, I love how people always say, believe women and believe black women, believe black women. And then there are black women in there that said, this happened to me. And then it's like, so we don't believe them when it's somebody we like? Yeah. Well, again, I think the important thing is to remember he was not found innocent. He was mm. let gone on a technicality. 
and um, he. I don't yes, even want to talk about him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, fuck I, him. I don't really want to talk about him. him anymore. Yeah, no. Because honestly, him. it makes me very. It makes. You know, me I think mad. about. I have a sister. I have a mom. I have a lot of female friends. I have friends who are survivors of you know different sort of sexual assault situations, and I think about them, and that it's like you know. I can see where women get discouraged by it's coming and telling the their face. truth. I really it's a see slap that. In the face. And I think as men, we need to. I will say this is what I say about him. You notice all of the people who defended him publicly are like his female co-star, right, and things like that. Notice all of his male friends, his rat packer comedians. None of them said a word. Yeah. And to me, that that's speaks volumes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I just because if somebody was out there said something about my best friend and I know it, I'd be screaming from the rooftop. But they all, all knew it. We would all know my voice. They all knew know it, my and voice. it's very sad. And I, yeah, fuck him. I mean, yeah. really, fuck him, and he'll get his in the end. All right. Well, what do, let's 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 talk about something a little more uplifting. because mm -hmm. you you do you do listening for me. I appreciate that. Yes, I do. You know, this you weekend, listen. Yeah. You listen, and I listen. You listen, yeah. and then I listen to well, what you're listening. I, to. You know, I was listening to Laura Mavula has a new album, and I have to tell you, I'm a big Laura Mavula fan. But we, we need to we need to do a show and dig into her because it is one of those things where. You know, she was supposed to be a big deal when she was originally signed. She's and came British, out. right? She's yeah, she British. is. And I believe, you know, the records, her first two records kind of underperformed. She was dropped from her original label. And now she's back with a new album, Pink Noise, that I like. But it's an odd, unusual record. I'm like, I don't know if this is the one to get an audience back to you. I like it, but it's different. I went back, I mean, she is somebody who was supposed to be, she was very much being positioned in that sort of lane between like Coachella and Afropop, you know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like she was kind of the quirky, very, I mean, a great singer, has a background great as an acapella singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, great voice, almost operatic voice. And I really like this album, but it's so, it's very specific when I listen to it. You yeah, know? it's, it's, I think she's sort of being positioned in some ways, if, okay, this is a way, if you could sort of take a little bit of St. Vincent's, a little bit of FKA Twigs, and then sheen it up production-wise, mm -hmm. imaging, she's giving, she's very kind of presentational, uh, mm -hmm. performative. I think she's got, she is not for everybody. She is not no. going to be a number one artist. I mean, mm -hmm. let's just hold it at that. She is not mm -hmm. a mainstream artist. She is a, an interesting performer. I think because of streaming, we do have room for interesting as Absolutely. opposed to commercial. Absolutely. Yeah. So I went and listened to it. I have to give it more, but she, you know who she vocally reminds me of? Angeli Kijo a lot. Oh, too. you know, I love Angeli. I love it. Oh, I love Angeli. Oh, I love her God. as a human being. Yeah, I love yeah, her. Yeah. She's I love amazing. her. As I, no, I, I actually ran into her in the airport mm -hmm. at O'Hare when we were coming back from Rome. And I'm like, Angeli, mm -hmm. what are you doing here? She goes, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. you must be getting off of plane and i'm trying to get on one right. um, no she's the best so she reminds me that so um she's an interesting artist she's, yeah. she's definitely worth checking out um, yeah definitely. Else, yeah uh, and i gotta tell you man it bills red hot and free the red hot album is so fucking good all right I it just i, I dance my way through that entire album all weekend long on repeat 
the I Titus Burridge song, Dance Motherfucker, and the Sam Sparrow song, the Cricket. Uh, the, right, I mean, I'm hitting, I'm so hitting that fool up. I'm in the go, come on. I'm like, come on, Bill, come through with like something. Send me a it is so, it just, it just, especially that second half, it's such a move and just make you just dance. Good dance good. And then that made me pull out Khalees' Flesh Tone, her, her dance album moment, and I've just been spinning out is all that. Is that current or is that? That was older? from, it was from like 2013, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think she So had, good. Yeah. So, 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 so good. I have not been listening to much of anything because I'm obsessed with a new French television. I'm sorry. I know. Okay, what's your new, music what's your new French it's television It's not now. new. It's been around forever. But uh, you can't laugh when I say this. But or, or you can. You can laugh off camera. So Amazon Prime, when they mm -hmm. had their Prime days, they had a thing where you could get Sundance Channel and AMC Plus for 99 cents a month. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. So it's called The Bureau. I'm just watching it. Oh, it's, it's, I know The Bureau. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I'm just watching it. It's, um, you know, it's fun, whatever. Matthew Kasowitz, who was in Lahane, Lahane, mm -hmm. Lahane, who directed. I think I, I interviewed him in like 1998 in, in mm -hmm. Paris. And what's so funny is I'm trying to think of how did we set up the interview in the days before cell phones? Right. Mm -hmm. How did I find this guy in Paris? Um, but what I have listened to a little bit is the new Tyler, the creator, which is the number one album in the country mm -hmm. right now called mm -hmm. Call Me If You Get Lost. And I, I think I mentioned this before that Tyler was somebody that I did not like in the beginning because mm -hmm. I found his whole, the homophobia. Uh, I found it all, I found him problematic. You know, I found him. Well, I, isn't, I wasn't he, a, isn't he like a bisexual boy? He's gay. Yeah. yeah oh, by the, oh, we need, I just want to bring up something about Shikari real fast when, and then I'll, in that, in that vein. But, um, yeah, I just was like not in the mood to hear like a snot-nosed teenager call, you know, talk about fags and bitches. There, I, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not in the mood. But his last album was really good, Igor. And, mm -hmm. it, and if he hadn't been black and from a rap group, it never would have been characterized as a rap album. Right. And this album is in a similar vein. There are more rappers on it. But so far, I mean, he's an interesting guy and he's stealth. Because he's one of those guys that like older people like the kids like him. So um, I was just gonna bring up real fast. I don't know if this and just lightning round. I couldn't you know, care less about him. <laughs> no, not who? Who? Tyler? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just not. I don't care. I'm yeah, not no, into I'm him. Just, I'm I, not into I it. To, I just wanted to check it mm -hmm. out. But what do you think about these tweets that they found at Chicago? Now, State? are they real? That's I, I keep I keep asking yeah. people. Are they real? Or are they not? Are they some manufactured shit? You talking about where she talks about where she talks about Little Nas X? Yes, and all that. Okay. Are those real? I no because idea. I've seen, you know, we've had cases of people making up fake tweets and being like yeah. da da da, and they'll put your name in the verified check, and everybody thinks it's real. Yeah. Well, because I've seen it around social media, but I haven't seen it as a story anyway. And I've looked to be like, is this me real? Me neither. So, I haven't seen you know it I mean? taken so, to the next level. And and, and, and my thing is. I'm kind of over as soon as somebody becomes popular. It's like it's like the it's like the internet's job to sit around and try to find everything. Well, we got to bring them down. They're popular. Everyone has a past. Everyone. Well, her Every past was three months ago. I but mean, one of the other tweets was from years ago, and that girl's okay. twenty-one. So to me, she was like fifteen. 
Okay. There was, who, what wait a There was Twitter. There was Twitter when she was. You know, I'm being you know very serious. Was there Twitter? Yes. 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 Five <laughs> years old. ago. Five we're years old. ago, there was there was Twitter. Five years ago, girl. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but um. So I don't know. Listen, if it's true, it's unfortunate. I don't care. Like I don't even care about the story. Little Nas X does not give a fuck. Yeah, okay? not at all. He's and living also, his best life. About to put out his album. And you know what? As gays, especially as gay black men, we're so used to motherfuckers slinging slings and arrows at us. You guys don't even understand. Like, we have fucking, yes, yeah, tough and it's hard. But if you do certain things and you're in certain careers, you develop that skin like armor because you know that it's going to be coming at you. Because it's, it's been coming at us our whole lives. So, not saying that it's fair, but I know I learned how to cope and deal because. Before I knew what the word faggot was, I was a little kid hearing somebody say that about me. Right. You know what I mean? And then I kind of figured out they were talking about me. And I wasn't one of those people who internalized it like, oh my God, I'm different. I was like, bitch, I'm different. I'm a motherfucking unicorn. Bitch, you're, I'm like, you're always going to look like this and live here. I may be whatever you called me, but I'm going to be the fierce one. And I'm going to live in Manhattan. That's how I felt when I was little. I was like, you're not going to ruin me, bitch. I'm special. And I knew right. I was special. But well, that's having a different sort of mindset, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, there's a big feature on him in the Times this weekend. Mm -hmm. And and I thought of you again. There is a huge feature on my personal Jesus's, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, mm -hmm. who are putting out their own album of mm -hmm. their own stuff. And they are working with Robin on this record. Fabulous. And that literally made me so happy yeah. because i love like Jamie what Lewis. and how yeah. what are they gonna you know with oh. her they're coming with beats bitch you know oh they're coming God. with beats <laughs> they're not gonna do a ballad with no. robin we're gonna no, get a beat <laughs> no and they're gonna push each other Janet mm -hmm. Jackson, but i will tell you that meeting have i ever met jam and Lewis? they did something once and when i worked at vh1 and they and one of the producers said something when i was on four on the floor and they on camera said we love amy linden all hail amy and i was mm -hmm. like and i can die right fucking <laughs> now. Mm -hmm. and, and as far as i'm concerned jam and lewis uh anything nothing they do is bad nothing they have range like no other producers really so when i read that they were going to be doing this album and that they were going to be working with robin i was like you were like this is a match made in heaven match hey. made in heaven on see, both wait. parts all right well, did you see wait matches wait, made in wait heaven. hold on did you see right. me lynn did you see me lynn yesterday <laughs> where was she walking down well, the street well you know She's part of the jury for the Cannes Film Festival. So yesterday was she her an, first is she arrival. A lesbian? Is she well, a lesbian? Well, listen, as well? she's an icon in France. So I know that. I know that. I know and, that. I know and, that. And, and she got out the car. She had her red dress on. And the friends were like, Milan, Milan. And she, was doing, she turned around. She gave her Milan wave. And I was like, Milan, Milan, Milan. You're going to die on that hill. <laughs> you are going to fucking die on that fucking hill. And I applaud you for it. But you are going to know why I'm going to die on that hill? Because there's a view from that hill. And you know who else is not on the view from that hill? Oh, look Megan at you. McCain. Oh, you've been practicing your segues. <laughs> boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Uh, thing, ding so, dong. Get no, your ass back to your, uh, whatever. You know listen. what? Listen, yeah. And I liked her. Remember, when she first got on the show, I liked her. But then it just started, 
I like having, listen, I like how, I liked her more than I liked Elizabeth Hasselbeck. I couldn't stand Elizabeth. Oh, well, that's like saying you like, some, right. I mean, that, right. yeah, but, I mean, Elizabeth Hasselbeck yeah. was like the trailer park version yeah. of like a conservative. The, the thing is, it just got so crazy and it was. Well, she got and, nasty. And you yeah, know, Joy kind of drives, and I have to be honest, Joy drives me crazy too. I don't think she's oh, always Joy. right. Even though Joy yeah. and I kind of share the same politics, she ain't always right the way she comes at it either. But yeah. Megan's shit was just, it just got to the point where it was like, girl. Well, girl. she got nasty. She got, I mean, you can present your case. I am not a conservative, obviously, but surely there are white blonde conservatives that they can find because obviously you can only be a white blonde conservative. Well, no, they had a girl that was uh, a woman that was not uh, a hundred, that was not blonde, but they got rid of her quick too. But she just became, excuse me, a cunt. She really became a nasty cunt. And the point is, is that once you lose your sense of humor, once you become nasty and shrill, and I don't mean that in a sexist way because they right. always say women are shrill. And, and also she was just stupid. She was saying stuff that was just factually wrong. And she carved out a nice little lane when she was speaking against Trump, but she turned everything into critical race theory, critical race theory. I do blame her uh, Puerto Rican, her heir to a great Puerto Rican fortune husband, who is a very, very right-wing guy, in her ear with these talking points. But I just couldn't, I mean, she became nasty. She became that hair. Oh my God, that was a desperate cry for help. So let her go, let her go. She was, I think I have to say, and I have problems with Whoopi because I think Whoopi is, she can be problematic at times. She's I problematic. Like Whoopi, she can, but at I, times I, I look say, at her like, what? Like Whoopi. Yeah, yeah. Whoopi. But I, I will say this, and I, I, I sometimes you have to kind of like slow your roll, baby. And when you are screaming at an EGOT on television and going. <laughs> and you're both like, well, be the way you always are. Well, you be the way you always are. Yeah, like, is that what we're like going to be juvenile. doing? Is that so what just, we're doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it may have been good television, but it was bad, bad. But behavior. after a while, you know what? It, I stopped, you know how I'm a view watch every day. I stopped watching. I stopped because, watching. Because I'm like, this has gotten too toxic for me. It's not and even. predictable. Yeah, and I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't want to see this. No, it was it. predictable. So anyway, bye, Megan. You'll be fine. You, and you know, you've got boring. money. You, you know can drop I mean? your father's name right and left. Um, yeah, like, and whatever, whatever, Cowzilla. See yeah, you later. Well, bye. Yeah. Meanwhile, hairdressers and makeup artists are like, who can we destroy next? <laughs> 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 who can we put glitter cornrows in the middle of their? Mm -hmm. Oh my God! I was like, something's wrong with my TV. All right. Um time to say goodbye my friend do what you and do it's so time best. to say goodbye my love time i'm sorry i was having a big dream girls moment all right kids thank you for listening you know what to do right make sure you're following us on first of all our facebook because we're there a lot like a lot posting and talking to you guys and since you're all in our age group listening to this show i know you're right <laughs> And if you have a younger person in their 20s or early 30s that listens to us, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram is, I'm going to let you finish in why, and our Twitter's uh, finish I'm a. I know I hated that. Every fucking iteration, I'm going to let you finish was done, but what can you do? It's confusing. Um, and yeah, Pantheon. remember you can follow us at Pantheon. Pa We're on the Pantheon Podcast Network. There's a great shows on there. We're in their main feed. Check out of some of their other shows. If you really love music, there's something for you on this network.
work. There is you know what I mean? as well. And, so have a great week. And great scripted shows. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. Close us all out. All right, guys. All right, guys. Have a great week. We will see you next week. Bye.